Hi, everyone. This is Sarah Wolf. I just have four quick announcements that I wanted to share with you. If you didn't know, we are also on YouTube. And when I have guests, most of the time we record the videos. So if you want to ever jump over there and watch the show instead of just listening to it, you can just find us at Creatrix Culture. I also do sound baths and the majority of the sound baths that I do, I record it. So I also put those videos up there. If you do want a meditation and a sound healing, you have access to that as well on that channel. I've just been notified that Spotify, now you can rate the show. You've always been able to rate it on Apple Podcasts, but now you can rate it on Spotify. So if you are listening on either two of those platforms, I would love to ask you to give us a little rating. And if you have an extra moment to give us um, a little, uh, what do they call it? Review. That would be great. And... I stumbled across a thing recently called Buy Me a Coffee. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but you can buy my guests and I a coffee. Since this season, season three, is all about my guests, I thought it'd be a fun little interaction to do with you all and my guests. And we will give you a shout out to you or your company or whatever you want us to shout out to on the next show. Last but not least, my girl Katerina and I, who is a financial advisor, we are going to be launching a an abundance course coming out in March. So stay tuned for that. I will update links in the description box or show notes, whatever you want to call it. So you can come back to that and see if there's links to our abundance course, if you want to find out more information or join us on this really sacred container in clearing our money blocks and bringing in wonderful financial abundance. Anyway, I won't take up any more of your time. Enjoy the show. You look so pretty. Thank you. So do you. You look so not like. Oh, I'm just natural. Because mm, I didn't realize we were going to be on camera today. Yeah. <laughs> you look great. Thank you. I think it's cute. Thanks. Okay. Are we ready? Do you think? I'm honestly not sure. Me neither. But I think we could just do it. We could just dive in and see what happens. Hi, you're listening to Creatrix Culture. I am your host, Sarah Wolf. And we are on actually the fourth installment here of Kimberly McConnell. It is a fourth. We are yeah. the fourth time. Yeah. Right. And this right. episode is really special because we are coming to you on Valentine's Day. And we actually did a self-love episode. She was the second guest on the show. And it was the third episode that we'd ever done. And we talked about self-love two years ago mm -hmm. around this exact same time. So this is really fun because we're coming to you two years later, yeah. you know, with some growth and some maturity oh, and man. some dark night of the souls that have happened in between. And, you know, and just, there was a pandemic. Was a in pandemic. Between. <laughs> yeah. That episode was released on three, three. We just looked it up and we are just like, you know, talking to ourselves about how, you know, it was just like a week later after that, everything got flip yeah. turned upside down and we went to some weird upside down world like in stranger things right like the upside down we've just been mm -hmm. like still navigating through such bizarre things so here we are two years later and we're gonna talk about self-love again yeah. and it's still not what you think it is no 
Oh, that's right. That was the title of it, huh? Yes. This one, this one's called, well, that one was called self-love. It's not what you think. And this one's called self-love. It's still not not what you think. (laughs) Oh, you're so clever. I know. What did we say self-love was back then? Yeah. What did we say? It's not what you think it is though. So there was that one article that I came across that I really loved and I ended up reading part of it on that one. Um, I'm just going by memory on this because I didn't actually listen to the show recently, but she never listened to the show. (laughs) (laughs) No, I actually listen to every show because when I'm editing them and going through them, I find little snippets to put on the social. But that one, we really highlighted. I think we pondered a lot, right? But we we highlighted that article where she talked about self-love is like, I think like not in in curing a lot of debt maybe or something around those lines, like balancing your checkbook or like, Mm. it's not just about like taking bath, like salt baths and like, pampering yourself it's about like in the more mundane areas of like really taking care of yourself and 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 I guess like not putting on things that are going to overly stress you mm, I remember that yeah something around so those funny lines. that Which was like it was so potent but I feel like there's even more to oh the there's story so much now. more there's so much more yeah that to me is like that's an extension of like taking baths and mm-hmm. and um spa days and eating like eat the cookie you know those Mm -hmm. the the balancing your checkbook is it feels kind of like an extension of that there might be people that don't even know what balancing the checkbook means does anyone balance the checkbook anymore no but anyone under like 20 probably won't know what that means right yeah I don't balance the checkbook checkbook. I don't think I've ever balanced I never balanced the checkbook I thought that was so stupid I I balance the checkbook I have like a full spreadsheet that I have all of my bills and I'm like how much money did I put in this month and how much can I transfer to savings oh I just like imagine that it all just gets taken it just well it obviously does I mean you're doing okay (laughs) but no I'm like really neurotic about that but I've never actually balanced a checkbook with like the debit credit you know yeah. that's a thing that's remember that it's thing. like a full-on thing where you have a debit and a credit section and it's like one yeah, and you have your little checkbook yeah. with the little lines yeah. on it mm-hmm. that you do the whole oh balance. yeah yeah i remember that that's okay. yeah yeah back when checks were a thing it might still be a thing you can have checks for some things it's very rare i have a couple checks left to write for something <laughs> some big important thing yeah so i think that that's kind of similar actually the um the debt payment and the, and the bath and the spa and everything else. It, yeah. It's just, I think it, the point of it was like looking at it from a, like something like you're not paying attention to like a different angle. Like we would like, you know, a lot of people like self-love, you're so focused on the, the, like the more foo-foo-y things. Right. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. forgetting that this, that was what was cool about that article is like, yeah, this whole other thing that's mm-hmm. kind of in the shadows. You could look at it as a form of self-love of taking care of yourself. Right, right, more right. mundane everyday things. If you restructure them and, you know, totally. And I think all that's great. And I think it does help broaden our perspective of what caring for yourself means. Mm-hmm. But I think in the last two years, what I've really come to realize is that it's, it's more, that's more of a symptom of having self-love, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but that self-love mm-hmm. is actually something totally different. And that's like, I'm actually obviously really excited. I'm like, Oh, it's like coming out of me now. I'm excited yeah. to talk about it. Cause I mean it. Okay. So I think if I were to just like sum it into one big thing, like the first big point, I think we forget that love is unconditional mm-hmm. and that's the same for self-love. And so I think that when we are in a relationship with somebody and we feel what we think is love, what we call is love, or even 
when we're taking care of ourselves and like taking a bath and, and feeling like we are balancing our checkbook and all these things, it's a symptom of loving yourself, but it is not, it's not actually, what was I saying? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. No, I know what you're saying. You that... video too. <laughs> yeah, but we're not going to. Great. Yeah, I know. Great. um no this is fun it's fun when we have like little bloopery things or like I mean every time I do a show I'm like what's the word and I can't think of it or I lose my train of thought completely so what you're saying is I know you're saying help me out what am I saying what you're saying is that all of those things are a symptom of self-love but then you were going to go on what like self-love is is an turning it also looking at it being like an unconditional to yourself thank you the unconditional part so so when so it's like, we, we, I think, think that when we're doing all these things that feel really good, then we feel love and we're like, oh good. I love myself. Mm-hmm. But really it's like that that's like having those feelings is not the same thing as loving yourself mm-hmm. and you can mm-hmm. love yourself. And at the same time, be not doing those things, or you can be doing those things and not love yourself. And so that's yes. what I mean is like, it's, it's the root of self-love is something totally different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like going with this. thank yes. you. Yes. Thank you. I just need a little help here. Thank you. Yeah. So the, um, the, the root of self-love is actually unconditional love, which is not the same thing as when things are going well or when, th- when you're doing all of the things. Right. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So doing all the things is kind of a symptom because when you do love yourself, you're going, going to, to notice all- when you need those things. Mm-hmm. You're going to notice when your checkbook is out of balance and you're like, you know what? I, I need to like brass tacks, tough love this and do this thing. Mm-hmm. Or I'm realizing that I'm tired right now and I don't want to go do that mushroom journey or whatever, or I don't want to go be social. Mm-hmm. And then you, you give yourself permission to have that boundary and to have the integrity of following what's true for you, which makes it unconditional because now you're going into this realm where instead of being this person that you would like to be, which is social and friendly and always on and always right Mm -hmm. instead you're like actually here's what's real for me and this is that's so like being really honest about what's real is the same thing as unconditional Mm -hmm. right yeah and that kind of changes the whole game yeah that when you were talking about that's been a big thing that a lot of people in the spiritual community that I reside in they talk, they talk a lot about like, is, is this, does this feel loving to me today? Mm. And if it doesn't like really owning that, like, Mm. you know what, that just doesn't feel loving to me today for I'm pushing myself out of what I really want to do and coming at it with different verbiage, Mm -hmm. um, to let somebody else know, you know, or a situation like when I really tune into myself, it doesn't feel loving in this moment, not to say tomorrow it, it will be in flow, but in this moment, this isn't what my, Exactly. body, mind, spirit. There's something in me that doesn't want to do this. And mm-hmm. that's not being loving yeah. to where I'm at energetically, totally. or if you need time to sit and actually be alone and process something, or you just, you're, you've overextended your energy and you just need to like nourish yourself or, mm-hmm. you know, totally. And that's a big part of self-love is actually saying no. Yeah, I, totally. I would argue that that is like, that's the crux of self-love is, is that willingness to, to see those parts of yourself that aren't what you want. And I think that's, that's really like the turning point is Mm -hmm. being willing to see those things that are not ideal and then let them be there and not like either push them away or try and change them or get down on yourself or Mm -hmm. sabotage yourself or like have shame and guilt for all these things. It's, it's seeing it, allowing it, accepting it, 
Mm -hmm. And then from there, it totally shifts. Mm -hmm. But it's hard, I think, when people say like, oh, oh, self-acceptance. You just have to accept these parts of yourself that you don't like. Yeah. But that's not what it's about. Right. It's not about like, like taking the thing that you don't like about yourself and then finding a way to like it. make it palatable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the game that we see a lot now is people will be like, oh, well, like, let's find a way to like just recalibrate this so that you don't hate that part of yourself. And that is the same thing as changing a part of yourself that you don't like. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it, it, it all goes into that category of non or of conditional love. Right. Exactly. I was, yes, I was thinking the exact same thing because if you're picking yourself apart, then you're trying to change. You're not just loving you for you. You're trying to change the you. So like mm -hmm. when going into relationships, if you're trying to change the person, yeah, we don't really love the person exactly as they are. Exactly. Right. That's been the hardest lesson for me to learn in this, my current relationship. And it's amazing because it's like the first relationship that I've, I've realized that I've been doing that, been doing that to him. And it's like, why do we do that? Right. Well, it's so weird. It's so weird. And it's also it's so kind it, of fucked up. It's fucked up. And we do it to other people. We do it to ourselves too. Yeah. And I think that's the problem is that we don't know how to not do it to ourselves. So we're doing it to ourselves constantly. And so then we're course, projecting it also on other people. We're going to do that to them. And it's like, if you're with them and you don't like what they're doing, well, then <clears throat> you don't really like them. And if they're not yeah. playing the way you want them to play, yeah. what, who are you? Who are you to say that they need to live their life in a certain way or be a certain way? Then they're just mm -hmm. not the right person for you, right? Yeah, they're either not the right person for you or you're robbing your relationship of the richness that it could have. Mm -hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. There's boundaries, there's respect, there's trust, you know, and there's all yeah. these things. But to fundamentally mm -hmm. change someone of who totally. they am, totally. who they are. Yeah. So like- Oh, this is such an interesting little crux to be in. Okay. So then let's flip it back onto ourselves, right? Yeah. Just based on what you said, mm -hmm. there's these parts of yourself that you don't like, you're trying to change them. So then you're unconditionally not loving yourself, but I'm just going to put a little devil's advocate in here. Where does growth come into that? Yeah. So that's like the tough love comment, right? Mm -hmm. That's like self-love can include tough love. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, we think that in order to grow, we have to, let me rephrase that. What you're, what you're suggesting is that it's not possible to witness and be okay with parts of yourself you don't like mm -hmm. and also grow. Say that again. You're suggesting that it's possible mm -hmm. <clears throat> to, sorry, it's not possible. You're suggesting that it's not, not possible, possible. Mm -hmm. to acknowledge and accept these parts of yourself that you are not super fond of and also grow. Right. And I think that's where we get hung up as we start to think that we have to uh, denounce those parts of ourselves in order to grow. There we go. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the, that's the problem. And so when we see these things in other people that we don't like, or we see these things in ourselves that we don't like, we get immediately defensive about them and try and push them away and create distance and, or nullify them. Mm -hmm. And that just keeps it in the shadow. And that just keeps it this thing that we don't accept. Right. And then that thing, like <clears> I always <throat> talk about in shadow work, then that thing grows louder Yep. and becomes, because it wants to have a voice, yeah. right? Yeah. And then there's that internal struggle. And then you just yeah. go down the rabbit hole with that. And then you have to have a dark night of the soul over it. One or two or three. Yeah. <laughs> right. So then, okay. Based on that, when in growth, 
you still grow and still have these things that you have now deemed undesirable about yourself, is it then in the growth process, you need to tag team with these parts in a way and find a way to have this shadow part grow as well within the growth. Can you, I'm just Mm -hmm. like now really going down my own pondering. Can Mm -hmm. you mature and just naturally outgrow the shadow, right? Can you Mm -hmm. mature that shadow into strengthening it's in a way and then out, out in a sense, outgrow it where it wasn't a battle and it's not even a thing. You're just strengthening all parts of yourself to the, where the natural progression is just right. like fullness. Those other parts, right. Those other parts just become either. So the question is, do you want those parts to fall away or do you want those parts to no longer bother you? And I think the point is, is that you can never fully get rid of the ego, right? The ego will always be a part of you. Your subconscious will always be a part of you. Right. No matter how much work you do, you yeah. could have it in, in, in tamed in a way, right? You can have an observation about it, but it is just part of the human experience is to have the ego. Right. So even like when I went and did an ego death ceremony from what my journey through that now of doing that, um, I did that in December of 2019 is my ego just didn't go away. It was more of like the, like the death of the unrecognizing of it. Now I recognize the ego. I know days when, and times when the ego comes into play right? Mm -hmm. But you can't get rid of it. That's a great point to bring up actually, because I think it's the ego a lot of times that tells us we can't have that part of ourselves because they're like, no, 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 we need to be better than that. Yeah. Well, especially like, you know, in different, like if you're in, let's say a more like self-development type community or spiritual community, like people are like, even probably in church, like the religious community, you know? Big time. You're in these things where people are trying to do better and grow and grow and grow that I think in some ways it's almost the disservice of those communities is that there's more judgment on those parts because you're trying to get rid of it. So you can exactly. be this all hailing, perfect, clean exactly. human within this, but that's, that's not really growth. That's not true. It's just not it. Yeah. No. It's not growth. And it's not true. It's not true because it can't happen. And that's when you see like these, the, the leaders or the teachers that are, you know, and I've been talking about this a lot. We've been talking, this has been the kind of a theme of the beginning of this of through the beginning of this year. Um, that's been coming up on a lot of episodes thus far as these, these fallen teachers are people that put people on a pedestal and fall, right. Or these people put themselves on a pedestal and then they fall because they're, I really don't believe as humans, maybe there's been a couple that have ever walked the earth that have really gotten that ego in check. But when they try to like present themselves as being this all hailing perfect person, what ends up happening over time is a scandal, right? Mm-hmm. They're part of their shadow is going to like, they pushed away mm-hmm. like, no, no, no. I don't want anyone mm-hmm. to see this because I am the religious leader. I mm-hmm. am the blah, blah, blah leader. I, you know, and they put right. themselves and didn't, and really made it, you know, this falsity of like perfection mm-hmm. that even for them, the the little gremlin comes out to show its face and be like, yeah. you're still human yeah. and we're going to show all these people you're human. And then comes the fall. Well, right. I think that you're, you're totally onto something. It's the ego that wants to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's the ego in us that wants to seek out the imperfections in others so that we can be like, Dang, and that's not real. Like, we're like, no, I'm still better than you. You yeah. know, it's like this constant, like I'm better than you or I'm, I'm more evolved than you. I'm what, but that's all ego. Mm-hmm. And it's actually so much further away from loving yourself and actually loving others because real love is unconditional. Mm-hmm. 
that is like, that's the root of everything is that misunderstanding about love being like it, it's always beautiful. No, real love is unconditional, which means in the face of something really ugly and hard, you still love yourself. That is real love. Mm -hmm. And you cannot fucking pretend. And that's the thing is it's like, we find all these ways to try and make it easier to love ourselves. And it's like, no, when you love yourself in the face of something hard, what happens or what's happened for me in the past is I feel an immense swelling of what I can only call grace, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm. Like, I don't know if anybody's been in like the church before, but you know, that feeling of like, no matter what I do, God's going to forgive me. And there's that feeling of freedom to fucking be yourself. Mm -hmm. That freedom of like, no matter what I do, no matter how I fuck up, I'll still be able to like ask for forgiveness and feel okay. That Mm -hmm. feeling of grace is really special. And you can actually make that happen. And you can only make that happen when you give yourself self-love when it's hard. Mm -hmm. And that's where the real test coming of anything is when it's hard right? When you're in the shit of the shit of many different things is like, yeah. that's where, where does yeah. your self-love reside? Where does your unconditional love reside? Mm-hmm. Right. It, it, you can walk around and everything's going great and smooth in your life and be like, you know, Oh yeah. I love right. everyone unconditionally. Like right. I totally love myself unconditionally. Well, what about when you're really being challenged? That's yep. really showing you the, yep. can you still love yourself through that mm-hmm. and take care of yourself? Because that's the actual, that's actual love in my book. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, like if we are if we look at the difference, right? It's so funny, two years ago, we were talking about this and we said that self-love is doing all these things that make us feel good. And really what it is, it's like, regardless of the circumstances, we love ourselves and feel good because we love ourselves. And because we know that we have our own back, we know that we are going to live in integrity because why would we do anything else? Mm-hmm. Why would we be inauthentic? Right. I want to bring up some stuff about human design because it's important. (laughs) Okay. So um, run with it. If you guys remember, so two years ago when we did this, I don't even know if you were, were you kind of just starting to scratch the surface of human design? I just started. I learned about design in like September of 2019, I think. So it had been like four or five months, Mm -hmm. five months or something. And then your second time on the show, we did all human design. So you brought that to the surface. And even since then, Kimberly has gone deeper into the teachings of human design, which is awesome. So she was really excited to come back and do this episode with where she's Mm -hmm. at now. And and in that modality, what has came up and she's learned about self-love through that platform. So take it away on that. Okay. It's fascinating. So first of all, I just want to say that you're like stupid psychic because <laughs> um, back then when we did the first self-love episode, I, and I've said this before, I had no clue what we were going to talk about. Like genuinely had no idea. And I was like, okay, well, if Sarah is like passionate about doing this with me, then maybe like, it's good that I explore this because my perspective on self-love at the time was actually a total like naysayer. Oh my gosh. And I remember you saying, it was so cute the way you said it on that show. You're like, I don't know how to love myself. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. yeah. And, and I honestly just, all I saw was that you needed to fix the parts of yourself that you didn't like in order to like yourself and in order to feel love towards yourself. Mm-hmm. And you needed to do like the fluffy shit, like taking care of your body and, and self-care essentially. Mm-hmm. That was my perspective of self-love back then. And so of course I was like, well, this is a fucking, this is a hoax. 
Like I'm tricking myself to like myself. Right. Doesn't it like, a, like, okay, that I don't really want a part of that. You know, it just didn't ring true as like this thing that I was like, there's actual substance there. So back then I um, didn't realize that my main gate in human design, my most important one that picks up the biggest influence in my chart, it's called gate 10. They call it um, the gate of behavior or treading the tail of the tiger in the I Ching. So they're like loosely related, the, the gates in human design loosely related to the I Ching. And when I first learned about that, I understood this energy to be the energy to have correct behavior in any circumstances. So it's a way of like maneuvering your relationships where wherever you go, your, your behavior will be essentially appropriate. Mm. And you can sort of like work your way through interactions based on your behavior which I attribute to being an actor. Like when I was a kid, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense that I did that because I have this natural ability to, um, to modulate behavior. What I didn't realize is that that energy is also called self-love in mm. human design. So I say you're psychic because I didn't fucking know that at this, at this time. And you were like, let's do self-love. And what's really cool is that in your design, you have the gate that connects that. So essentially you're primed to notice somebody with that energy, mm-hmm. even though I didn't know I had that energy. So it took like a year later, maybe, or like six months to a year later for me to really understand that that is my main energy and that that's like what I'm here to learn about. And in a heretical way specifically, which to me is awesome because I'm like, great, I get to come in and learn how to heretically love myself, which just to me means love myself in a way that's not typically understood or practiced. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's why I think it's so great that we're having this like reflection because I showed up in the first place showing you what I think love was at the time mm-hmm. and now showing you what I, what I understand love to be, which is totally different. And you're just so fucking psychic. Like, <laughs> I love that you called that. Um, so anyway, the, the big thing about self-love from the human design perspective is that it's a spectrum. So on one side, you have self-love and on the other side, you have self-hate. Mm-hmm. And what I've come to learn about self-hate, because as someone with that as my main gate, I've experienced a lot of self-hate, mm-hmm. which is weird to think or say that like, if you're a self-love being that you would really hate yourself as well. Um, but, but what's happening when you hate yourself is not that you hate what is really you. Mm-hmm. It's not that you hate who you truly are authentically. It's that you hate that you don't let yourself be that. Mm. So something comes up and it wants to be there because it is really there. And self-hate is when you shut it down or say it's not good enough. You don't let yourself be authentic. And then you get that feeling that feels like what we call self-hate. Do you want to give for people, do you have an example um, that's at the tip of your head that you could example that of what that would look like? So if they wanted to do inventory. Self-hate? Yeah, like something that you would really want to be. But yeah, like you, I have a, you're judging it and saying you can't. And totally. Then, yeah. I have an example right now. Okay, yeah. Great. So I, I um, I've been going to San Diego recently to help my parents move. And um, I've also been going through like this health thing. And so I'm detoxing and I don't feel good. And so when I was down there this last time, um, I was just like tired and irritable. And we had a couple interactions that I wasn't happy with. And I noticed that at the end of the day, I was like, we didn't get anything done. I was irritable and grouchy. And like, I'm, I might be just damaging my relationship with my parents instead of making anything better. And it turned into this like spiral of me just wanting to fuck everything up. That was good in my life. Mm. You know, I was like, I'm just going to stay up late and I'm going to eat junk food. And I'm like, fuck this detox thing. Like who cares? And I just, it just turned into like a total self-sabotage. 
And it feels just like, like, I don't want to be me. Mm. But then what I notice is it's like, if I, if I can take those things that are, that are true, it's true that I don't feel good. It's true that I was triggered. It's true that I feel irritable and let them be Mm -hmm. instead of looking at it. Like, God, I wish I hadn't been that way. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's how I was. Yeah. Can't change it. Well, and a lot of people like, and just being soft on yourself when you don't feel good, you are going to be irritable. No one like doesn't. Yeah. No one likes to not feel good. So you're going to be a little bit more edgy. And then when there's something in the play of it, like I know when I go see my parents, so often I'll like, be like, I'm going to get up at 5am or even when I travel somewhere, right. I'm going to get up at 5am. I'm going to take that early flight. So I have all day. And then I'm fucking pissed the entire day because I got no sleep. Right. Right. Isn't that fascinating? So it's like, and then I'm just ideas. a bitch. Yeah. And then I feel yeah. so bad. And then I'm like, oh my God, like once again, you're <laughs> here being a bitch. And the stories come in and it's and like, story- I could just like pretend better or like keep it together better. Right. And like I'm not going to react if something doesn't, you know, and it was like, well, I'm actually just having a whole moment of myself, a realization oh. in this baby, if you just don't wake up early. Yeah. Maybe if you take the later flight and lose part of the day, you'll have a better experience yeah. because you got all the sleep and you weren't rushed. You weren't like rushing the airport at five 30 in the morning. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, and it's all these things that are self-care too. So right. that's not so actually... like, is taking the early flight loving to yourself? No, for right. me, I'm actually, I tell people I am not a nice person at 6am in an airport. I am wretched. Right. I've almost gotten kicked out of many airports <laughs> at very early times. I'm not okay. We've, we've all seen it too before. If anyone's watched that post you posted about being in the airport and getting all touched up. By <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was so horrible. That was, that was on next level though. And that was, was next early. Level. That was next level. Yeah. And it was early and I felt very violated and no one discusses that this is an okay thing. And I'm still mad at it. Right. Because I didn't want that energy. I didn't care it was a woman. I didn't want her fucking energy in my vagina. (laughs) (laughs) On top of the fact that it was 6 a.m. Yeah, you can go to my Instagram at Sarah Lottie Official or my TikTok, I think, is at Sarah Lottie Official. And you can watch my PSA of airport TSA and inappropriateness. Mm -hmm. And what level of freak out is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I've gotten many fights with people at the airport. Yeah. Like just different TSA people. <laughs> it's a problem, but I just learned something so valuable actually so cool. in this moment. So cool. I will no longer be taking early flights. Yeah. And I, so then I'm not like, going to do that to myself. Yeah. I think that's an amazing. Maybe lesson. I just then, you know, put an extra day on the end of the trip to exactly, you know, and that, that to me is like, that is or go, when I drive to Arizona to visit my parents, even if it's a holiday, just sit in the traffic. Sitting in the traffic for me is a little bit more loving than waking up at 5 a.m. Mm. to miss traffic. Mm. Right? Yeah. Maybe I just listen to an extra audiobook on the way, you know? But like now I'm really realizing, like, no, that is more loving because then in the in the end, that's everybody's having a better experience. Yeah. Right. So now- and I know myself. And if you're around me long enough or you travel with me, like you get to know that too, right? If I but don't you get haven't sleep. been honoring that. So that's what's so interesting is it's like, you know that about yourself. All your friends know that about you. The entire audience knows that about you now. And at the same time, you had an idea in your head of what you should be. You should be an early morning person. You should get there ahead of time so that you can have as much time as possible. And it's like, 
that is taking this part of you that you know to be true and shoving it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And that's the same thing. I'm not thing. loving it. Like, and then and not loving beating it. myself up. Beating no, yourself up. I'm going to own the fact that I don't do well traveling early in the morning. I'm like, without what's sleep. so bad about that? What's so bad about that? Why do I need to be a good? No. Because I need to be a good traveler, like, you know, and that. Yeah. You go extend like, it's, Oh, it's look at me. I'm ego. a really good traveler. I'm a great traveler. Because everyone talks person. shit about, like, oh, you can't travel with them. They suck traveling with. <laughs> I suck traveling with if I don't get sleep. If yeah. I get sleep, I'm a great traveler, right? It, it right. really for or me. Or even if that sleep. weren't true for you, I suck at traveling. Is that okay? Is that no, okay to be like, okay. yeah, I'm really good at traveling. But, you, but yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where you're like, I, and I like, I know these things about myself too. It's like, I suck at that. I'm not, I'm not great at that. And by great, I'm not like easygoing, amenable. Mm-hmm. So that it's interesting to think about like what we, categorize as like this is okay and this is not okay it's not okay that I got irritable with my parents it's not okay that I was tired why is that not okay right why is any of that not okay and and if I can go deeper do you feel that you you pushing yourself because then they're gonna judge you that you went down there and they might talk shit about you or these stories that you might make up they might not even notice no they're in love with me it's not gonna be a thing hey I'm going through this thing, but I needed to still come down here. Sorry, I'm not a hundred percent this week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they'd be like, cool. Yeah. Instead of just being like, oh my God, they're going to judge me. They're going to fucking hate me if I don't show up how I feel like I think they need me to show up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Like look at, look at, for instance, over the holidays when you stuck to not drinking. Mm -hmm. Right. And I remember before you going into not drinking, you're like, I don't know how my family's going to react to this. Mm -hmm. They're going to think I'm boring. They're going to get on me. (laughs) They're going to open up my mouth and shove the alcohol down it. (laughs) Right. It was a genuine concern. (laughs) (laughs) But what ended up happening? Right. You went through the holidays, not drinking. You made it. Yeah. Did they overly bombard you? But they might have Surprisingly, no. They honored you in your choices for the Mm -hmm. most part. For the most part, yeah. Almost hundred percent for the most part. Yeah. They probably had to get one dig in there because we all do. Right. We all have to play with right. something somebody's doing, but it's never like what we think it's going to be. And I've said this in another episode, actually, it hasn't even came out yet. So in a future episode <laughs> that I've already <laughs> recorded, we really talk about like when you're the most authentic to yourself, when you're the most authentic to who you are as a human, and even those parts that you think that other people aren't going to like about you, surprisingly enough, they like you more. Exactly. It's when you're exactly. trying to be something you're not, you're denying exactly. parts of yourself. You're trying to be, show up to the plate where you can't show up to the plate. That's when the problems happen to yourself, mm-hmm. first and foremost, because your energy changes. Therefore, the energy that you're emitting to other people changes. Therefore, they're receiving it and they don't know what's off. They don't know what it is cognitively, yeah, right? They know. They know. Everybody knows. You have to be an intuitive psychic to know yep. when energy is off. Yep. We all have the ability to know that. We all have that gift because we're human and that's, you know, just more people are more aware of how to decode it than others or are quicker to decode it than others, right? So the more authentic you are to this love to yourself of what is loving to yourself in each moment and knowing that moment to moment that that can change. Sometimes even I've found voicing a thing. So I had another thing that came up the other weekend. Uh, my friend and I are putting this course together. So we went and took pictures for it and I was PMSing. And I said, I just want to let you know, going to take (laughs) photos 
I get triggered instantly and I'm angry just for having to take photos. And I think it's from the days of headshots. You spend all this money and all this pressure that you need to get the good shots. And like, you know what I mean? All Mm -hmm. these things, right? Headshot taking really traumatized me because I used to put photo shoots together all the time and loved it. And then it became this like business thing, right? So anytime now there's a photo shoot, that's like a real thing. Yeah. I get angry. And I said, before we do this, I'm just going to let you know anything that happens. Don't take it personally. This is just another thing. Now that I know about myself, I can get very angry through this process. It's great. And really the minute I admitted it to myself and her and voiced it, it disarmed the situation. Right. Mm -hmm. Then when we were in the middle of the shoot. Yeah. Then we were in the middle shoot. I had a little bit of a trigger and it was, we were like in the Hills and I just didn't want people to be passing by and seeing us. Like that was going to like make my skin. <laughs> that crawl. does it to me too. <laughs> and I was like, let's just move around the corner. And the minute we moved around the corner where no one could see us, where we could just be in our thing and relax and not take anything too seriously. Yeah. There was yeah. no more. I actually had fun and you know, we had a really enjoyable time and it, and it ended up going by really fast. Mm-hmm. But it was just like being made it easier, like being allowing myself to be honest about a flaw. Yep. And not going it's and, a, flaw, it's a flaw, right? But, but like, and it, that comes from the idea that you need to be a perfect picture taker. You need to be someone who's like so casual and doesn't have any body issues or any kind of like trauma about the way you look like, hello, what the fuck? This is, this is not some place where like, you've never been in front of a camera before. Like we all have some sort of sensitivity mm-hmm. and we all have body sensitivity. It's like, Well, and for me too, like I used to love film, you know, and film just, it just has like such a, I feel like you can take a picture of anyone on film film, and it's just so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And this whole digital thing is really like how it highlights flaws, right? Mm. And it, it actually things that our eyes don't pick up on somebody else. I could look at your face right now and see this, what a film camera would see just kind of this beautiful thing. Yeah. And then I take a picture of you on a digital camera and I'd be like, yeah, you can start picking things out. You're right. Right. Yeah. Also iPhones. I learned this from a photographer. They have flat lenses, so Mm -hmm. they actually don't get your features right anyway. It's true they kind of, um, contort it like this. Mm -hmm. So like, if you zoom in just a pinch, it actually makes it look more accurate as to what it really is. Right. Yeah. So I stopped liking my picture being taken in this digital age. I really, if you go, I rarely actually allow my picture to be taken anymore. You you'll find more often than not, you won't see pictures of me on place. Okay. I want to say something about that. You it's like, you don't like that. You don't look perfect in them. You don't look like yourself. And so on one level, you could be like, I'm going to force myself to do this anyway. I'm going to try and pick my face apart so that it looks like what I want it to look. And then on an even deeper level, there's that sensitivity to, um, what am I trying to say? <laughs> it's like on one level, you, you have awareness that you don't like the way your face looks. On mm-hmm. a deeper level, you have awareness that you don't like the way your face looks. On digital. Do you know what I'm saying though? It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like we, don't, we don't like it. Mm-hmm. And then we have awareness that we don't like it. And there's all these different places that you have to go down the line of like mm-hmm. accepting. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. So it's like, we can yeah. accept that we don't like it, but then it's like, can we accept that we don't like it, that we don't like it? You know? <laughs> right. Cause that's, that's the other crux of being this uber self-aware. Right. Is that you go even deeper. 
And if you don't go deeper, then it's like that it's where like you have to go all the way to the bottom to get to the real self-love. And really all that means is that in every situation, wherever you go, your authentic self comes up and you accept it. And we, mm-hmm. we call that self-acceptance. But I think in the mainstream world, we think self-acceptance means we like every part of ourself. And that's not true. Right. It's, it's being, it's like letting it be there and you don't have to be okay with it. It's just letting it be there. It's acknowledging, Hey, I'm not good at, at traveling during this time. It's acknowledging. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my face isn't good enough for digital photography right now. Yeah. Acknowledging that and just letting it be because what you realize when you just let that be is there's a whole underworld of why that exists and it's not really a reflection of you. Mm-mm. No, you know, because humans like no human has a perfect face without any blemish or any wrinkle or no. any dark spot or any whatever. And it's like, it's kind of stupid to want that. Yeah. It's kind of stupid. And even like, what's interesting is if you even go get it changed, it's still not going to be that. No. Right. No. And so it's like, why don't we, why don't we look at all those blemishes and, and just accept them? <laughs> like, it sounds so easy. It's funny, mm-hmm. but it's not easy, but it's like, it's, it's, it's a challenge in every moment to be able to accept every little thing that it doesn't add up. So let me tell you where, where this is also another thing because of then why, why have we been gotten to this point? And also it's when you or others pick apart someone else. So in the back of your head, you're thinking, oh, if I put this out there like that, some rando or one of my friends is going to be looking at this and picking this apart about me. So I also know that I need to sit and pick this apart about me. I don't know what that is at the end of the day. Maybe you're buffering it for yourself. Then if someone does chicken and the egg situation here, maybe you were already doing that to yourself. So then there, until you do it to others. Right. Or I know I take a lot of things on of what I hear people. It was never even mine to begin with, but I hear people talking shit about something else. So then I'm like, oh my God, I can't be that. I can't be that. I don't even know if I am that, but all I know now is I'm focused on, I can't be that. And now I don't even know who's me. That's textbook, how we learn all the things, all Mm -hmm. the stories. Mm -hmm. We hear someone else being shamed or um, rejected. Mm -hmm. Those are the two main ones, shamed. What is it? I don't know. I could be wrong, but there's like certain things we witness happening to other people and that informs our stories or things that happen to us and that informs our stories. But it's like, we pick it up from other people, you know? Yeah. I think I know what you mean. I think what you're saying is that there's an awareness of potential to be judged. And so you pick yourself apart when you wouldn't because mm-hmm. you're afraid other people are going to do it. Yeah. And so you're getting ahead of the game, but like, imagine a kind of person who shows up and every little thing that their mind wants to pick apart, they just let be. Can you imagine being in the company of somebody like that and how freeing that would feel to the person in their company where it's like, wow, you have a zit on your face and you didn't try to do anything about it. I guess I'm not gonna worry about all my zits or what, you know, it's like, it really is a great example. If you can be that person, that's like, if you're doing the work on yourself to let yourself be exactly how you are, then you show other people it's okay to do that. And so it's funny, like the whole self, the growth thing that we were talking about in the beginning, Mm -hmm. growth and, and self-love. And like, it's how can you love yourself and also grow? I think they go naturally when you do actually love yourself, you're not going to want to be a bad person or a mean person or an Mm -hmm. unkind person. It's when you take those things that show up and you shove them Mm -hmm. and then think that is growth. That's the problem. Because when you, when you don't shove those parts of yourself and you let them be, you start to realize where they're coming from and, and heal that. It's like, it doesn't prohibit growth. Mm -hmm. It is actually the way to growth. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I think we just think that the way to, to grow is to just like grow get out of rid them. of it yeah. and, and grow out of it. And, and you're like, never actually, going to, it's just human nature that we're yeah. going to respond to life in a certain way. None of us want to be cruel Mm-mm. to ourselves or others. It Mm-mm. comes up as a defense. hundred percent. And the more you unpack yourself and other people, you find through these things and the different traumas and triggers and that there's like, there's always like a seed deep, deep, deep yeah. down. What is the seed, that thing that then actually grew out of control that yeah. made this one person, this like, you know, you'd be like, Oh, they're just an asshole. And they're just like, you know, yeah. okay, what if we pick them apart? And I don't mean it in a mean way. I mean it in a loving, like therapeutic way. If we go not picking them apart, but go through their, yeah, I mean, their layers. Right. And we, okay. Okay. That brought to this, this, and I do this a lot yeah. with myself when I'm trying to not, I wouldn't necessarily change myself, but like get out of a pattern. Mm-hmm. So in order to get out of a pattern, when I finally recognize, Oh, this is an unhealthy pattern yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Now we have to do the, the, like, destruction the destruction of it like we have to go down the rabbit hole of it right to find the what is the true seed what was the one thing that was planted somewhere on the path that then made this thing get out of control because yeah so when you go through yourself or somebody else you and you unpack these things and you find that little seed that's hidden down there oh that's what was that moment or mm-hmm. something was said to them mm-hmm. or they got hit or they got molested or they got raped or they got or even much more subtle than that injured or just they got rejected on a way yeah. and that little seed wasn't dealt with properly by no fault of anyone it just wasn't things fall through the cracks in life big or small right then you, the compound effect mm-hmm. and then the subconscious brings in other things to make this thing stay true and it keeps growing it keeps growing it keeps growing it keeps growing where basically then them be, themselves become unmanageable so now their mm-hmm. shadow is so loud and is so everywhere, right? Because projecting this one little seed that wasn't properly nurtured and yeah. healed, healed, but you can, it's like, even like training a, a, a stray animal, a feral animal, right. And, and regaining that trust. And it's like, okay, mm, well, like how can you find your seed and then regain that trust within yourself that you no longer need to make this thing. You don't need to keep playing this scenario over and over and over again to make this thing true. You can heal it and trust yourself that you don't, you can heal it or you've grown from it or Mm -hmm. you understand it. You Mm -hmm. can forgive it. And that's one thing that Mm. I want to bring in here. That's a really big nugget. And then, and then, and then move forward from it and love it. Right. Mm -hmm. And even love and forgive, like, let's say it was a person like that gave you this seed and love and forgive them and let it go. And you can shift out of that, let's say being such an asshole, vomiting (laughs) your vomit, your asshole vomit onto every single person that you've come in contact with, because that's really just your shadow needing you to find the seed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that if we can understand that every part of ourselves that we quote unquote don't like comes from a seed. And even if we don't know what that seed is, even if we never know what that seed is, Mm -hmm. we can still approach every moment with an understanding that if I'm ever not liking something about myself, there's a reason for it. And it's, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, and like, for instance, 
I had, I'm not going to say what this part of me is. I had someone once I was dating a long time ago, point out something on my body Mm -hmm. and he, I never like thought this part of my body, like there was anything wrong with it. (laughs) Right. And he pointed out that Mm -hmm. apparently there was something wrong with this part of my body. And I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to like put it out there anymore. Fucked up. (laughs) really (laughs) fucked up so then it became a thing for me it wasn't even mine I didn't even have it I didn't even care like I thought this part of my body was like totally fine and actually what's really funny is since then other people comment about this part of my body as being like fantastic Mm -hmm. right but it's still this little seed that he put into my head now what's so interesting about that is that that's something I've carried around for like a couple decades now we're close to a couple decades right (laughs) you're so cute (laughs) when I really unpacked that though and started learning more about humans and how we Mm -hmm. work and projections and you know people really putting their own insecurities on other people when I really started to do this work and realize and have the understanding like you know it's it's not about you right Mm -hmm. or when a lot of times in relationships, especially they're new, if you're with someone that's very insecure, they're, they'll mask their insecurity by projecting that and start yeah. highlighting your flaws yeah. that aren't even flaws. It just, yeah. in order to, because they think they're going to, you're going to leave them or there's somebody else is going to come along that's better than them. That's going to come and steal you from them, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, all these things come bubbling up and guys and girls both do this, right? Mm-hmm. So they need to keep you down. And they need to keep you down because they're actually at the root underneath it all extremely fucking insecure. But instead of addressing their insecurity and maybe even having a conversation like, look, you're fucking awesome and you're hot. And like, it really brings up this like thing in me. You know what I mean? I don't want to lose you. I don't want to lose you. And it makes me feel inferior in these moments. I don't know. We all have pretty much gone through this. I would think most- Yes, that's so sexy. Like that's what everyone wants in a a relationship is to feel like, oh my God, you're so special. so fucking special. I don't want to lose you. Yeah. That it makes me fucking go crazy because I think you're so fucking fantastic. But instead they go like, (laughs) oh, you're, and I don't think this is about her. I'm just using her. This is an example. Like your eyebrows are too close together. I don't think your eyebrows are too close together, but they'll say something like that, right? So then now you're like, shit, my eyebrows are too close together. My Now, like, let's say that, so that relationship ends. And then you're like in this new one. Like, I wonder if they're going to think my eyebrows are too close together. Now I'm going to start wearing low hats because they think my eyebrows are too close together. Or pluck them. There wasn't even your idea, right? And really at the end of the day, that was that person's own things and own shadows that they don't like so much shit about themselves. Mm -hmm. They feel inferior to you they aren't confident in themselves that now they're projecting their bullshit onto you, planting shit in your head. That's not even yours. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now you just adopt it. I think that's exactly why when we get older, we get like more fragile, you know, I don't mean physically, but maybe, yeah, maybe. Well, I, some you know? mental, mental things do form. They do, do transform they do, into the physical. I mean, like, like we yeah. had this conversation before where we talked about when we were kids and we came to LA and like we were just these free birds and it felt like every, all the doors were opening and everything was just so smooth. Yeah, and it's like, it so great. And then 20 years later, all of a we're sudden, like, why it's is like, it so hard? racked up all these, like, this isn't good enough. All this isn't trauma. This isn't good enough. And like, all like trying to be something other than what you are. And what's funny is when we showed up, we were these like who we authentic were authentic beings. Mm-hmm. We just showed up with our eyebrows too close to each other. And people were like, I fucking <laughs> like your eyebrows being too close to each other. You know what I mean? 
yeah. because they're like, you haven't noticed and tried to fucking contort that. And that's another big point that I want to talk about is authenticity in self-love is, is like the key. So when I said in human design, it's self-love versus self-hate, that there are two things. It's when you're not letting yourself be authentic that you feel the self-hate. So imagine a lifetime of being like, my eyebrows are too close together. I need to fix that. My hair is too whatever. I need to fix that. Each time you see something about yourself that you want to change, you're getting less and less authentic. Mm. Mm. And the more inauthentic you become, the more you start to hate yourself because you're not being yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then people feel that energy and they don't know why yeah. they don't like you. Because what do you like more? <laughs> hanging out with somebody who's physically beautiful and perfect or somebody yeah. who has like their idiosyncrasies and mm-hmm. they love themselves for it. Mm-hmm. Because like my nose, my nose reminds me of my dad. My crooked smile reminds me of my dad. I love that. My dad's not going to be here forever. I love that I get to look in the mirror every day and be like, oh, oh so sweet. Well, you know, like I do. And I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh God, like this side of my face looks so masculine. And this side looks like a totally different person. It drove me crazy for decades. And I would be like, I can only take pictures on this side or if it's this side, I have to do something like specific. Like, this is a great example, actually, because this is like the side of my face that I was never really happy with. Oh, and I made you sit that way. Isn't that funny? Well, and also that I've gotten to a place in my life now where I'm like, it's my face. Like, I don't, I'm not going to go get surgery and change my face. I love that I get to look at my face and be like, there are my parents, there's my grandparents. Who fucking cares? Like, There's like, your whole ancestor lineage, you know, right? And it's a beautiful like, thing. Oh my it's god, that's so beautiful. Well, like, it is that it's, it's like so it's true, just this vessel that we're in. It's like mm-hmm. when we, when we, you know, and that's I guess part of self love too is like understanding it's just a vessel we're in, and like we are the caretakers of this vessel. We are the only ones that are going to be like, I'm going to give you the right food. I'm going to give you the right exercise and the right nourishment. And I'm not going to pick you apart. Like we're the only ones who can do that for ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know. And that just and if like other people thing. are going to pick you apart, don't be friends with that person. Don't date that person. Yeah. Don't be around that person. Yeah. Find someone who will honor you and, you know, like work when work with the idiosyncrasy or like not, no, not the idiosyncrasies, but work with what you, yeah. what triggers might come up or the things yeah. that you, that's like what I'm really like, oh, Valentine's day. Okay. Let's talk about this mm. for a second. It's Valentine's day. Okay. So like so many people, even when they're single and actually I was just having a conversation with a friend this morning on our morning walk that he was like, oh, tomorrow's Valentine's day and I'm single. And I go, you know how many people are actually in something and Valentine's day comes up and it sucks even just as much for them for many different reasons. Mm-hmm. One, they might be not be, they might be in a relationship that's not serving them. Two, they might, the pressure of having to make it perfect for yeah. the other person. Yeah. Like there's so much either, either you're single or in a relationship that Valentine's day is a really hard day for a lot of people. Yeah. Right. Regardless if you're in a relationship or not. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. I don't remember what I was talking about before I got into my um, Valentine's day tangent. What was about Valentine's day? It was about, um, oh, cause you were like Valentine's day is coming up. And I think you were feeling insecure about being single or something. Maybe that's where you were going or not sure. Oh, well, I got it. It it just not about being because I'm like actually okay now with Valentine's Day. It's just it is like I'm transmuting it to mean different things. Right. right? And don't lose your train of thought. The next person that I <laughs> come into relation with and a partnership, it not putting so much energy into one day where I think Valentine's day is actually really beautiful. If we can get away from this uh, commercial side of it and look at what honoring it's a day to come back. Like maybe life's got really busy and everyone's kind of like all over the place and scattered to take a moment and pause 
and hold the sanctity of the relationship either for yourself or with somebody else and or both right holding the space yeah, of like both today not? i'm taking a pause and i'm going to just honor myself in love today i'm taking a pause and i'm going to honor my partner in this partnership right beautiful. and and pulling it more ground it more than this like heart boxes and candy spending a lot of money and needing to get that perfect table at that perfect restaurant to like, if, if they don't show me this type of thing, then they don't love me and putting, that is not love at all. Actually, anyway, putting parameters on it needs to look a certain way because no one can hold up to that. Right. So, but what it's, it's like also showing me is another thing that's like kind of came up for me in, in a lot of the work I've been doing in healing and growth and journey that I've been on, especially in the past uh, couple of weeks. And this has nothing, what's been coming up actually has nothing to do with relationships. I'm, I'm actually working through something completely different, but the undertone of it is actually love and self-love and all this stuff and forgiveness, which we're still going to go into forgiveness is just another lay of partnership. And the next person that comes into my life that I choose to have partnership with is really strong in my life of a, what I'm really calling in is someone that when triggers come up, they're a there to help me go through them. Mm-hmm. And, and I know there'll be people out there that are like relationship coaches or therapists saying, well, you shouldn't you know, people can't do this for you. But what I've come to realize is we're here and in a future episode and two episodes from now, uh, Janelle and I do talk about this, you know, part of the reason of us being in earth school and on earth and being humans is actually the growth of our own personal selves through relationship. We're not meant to be here alone. We're meant to bad or good, have these duking it out with people for our growth. We're meant to be in relationship. We are not humans are our pack animals. They're not lone wolves. We can have lone wolves moment or we need that. That's totally different, but we are here to be in relation and through relation. That's why we contract our soul contracts, different people to come into our path. (laughs) So we learn things and grow things and it's not going to be desirable all the time. They're not going to be the, they're going to be a fucking asshole. They're going to be a bitch. They're going to be this. They're going to be that. They're going to be amazing. Like, but we do that for teachings and learnings, Mm -hmm. right? Where I really needed as what I learned within myself is having someone who I can feel safe enough to show these vulnerabilities, these triggers, these different parts of myself Mm -hmm. to have them help me hold space Mm -hmm. because only being in a romantic relationship can actually pull these certain parts out of you, but also be strong in holding space and committed to this relationship enough to help me overcome them and work through them. Unconditional love. Right but they actually need to be very present in my life course, to do that. Right. And I'm, yeah. I really realize like my, my essence, my soul, like really needs that space with a, a counterpart with a, a masculine, I right. Agree. To, to work through these things. And so then therefore I need to honor myself in who I bring into that, yeah. that space with me that they are, they are capable of helping me go through that. And that's like a really next important step. And that actually just really came to me because they say like, write out a list of like, 
you know, yeah. when you're single of what you want, what you want. And, and people like go kind of to the surface and then they get those surface things and you're like, oh shit, there's like a whole other layer of all this that I forgot about, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't, or I didn't even know about, like, that's what my marriage brought up. Right. Like right. I got some of these things, but there was all this other stuff that wasn't there. And I forgot to include that. And I, or I didn't even know at the time that those were like really important things to me. Right. Mm-hmm certain foundational things. But yeah, that was kind of like, for me was like, oh, wow. Like I'm excited about Valentine's day being right now as we're releasing this on Valentine's day. <laughs> it's actually just the day Caps out It's of actually the, the 13th. We're recording this. <laughs> um, I was just like actually pausing for myself and like not going into a whole woe is me. I'm single on Valentine's day. It's like, no, it's totally cool. Let's pause. And let's like, reflect and love and love for all the people that have came into my life to brought me to where I am and love where I'm at and love myself and 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 now reflect what do we want to bring in into Mm -hmm. that next you know chapter right yeah yeah so you don't have to hate it it's like how are you gonna look at this day differently for yourself and for the people that are in your life and the people that you really love and also acknowledging the parts of yourself that do hate it (laughs) <laughs> and love those unconditionally well and just understand that it's coming from a place of you you are looking forward to having that relationship in your life that you're looking forward to yeah so it's okay if there that's is okay. a part of you that's mm-hmm. like i would i am craving that and loving the part of yourself that has those expectations for the other person exactly. to do these big grandiose yeah. things yeah, yeah. Or the expectations that you have of yourself of like, I'm this age, I should have this and this and this, those Mm -hmm. expectations, loving the fact that that's something that is just, it's just there. It's just a real part of who you are and that that's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay because if you had it or not, it doesn't change the fact that that those thoughts aren't yours. And going on that, piggybacking on that is that, you know, a lot of people that have those things in their life that they need to have a baby by a certain age. They need to be married Mm -hmm. by a certain age. They need to have a house by a certain age, right? That's such a hard one because people get really wrapped up in those timestamps, right? And they end up their obsession with it or their anger towards it or their frustration towards or whatever that is. They're actually pushing, even if it was in your life path, you can actually be delaying Mm. those things coming because you're so fixated on it. And you're so fixated on the lack thereof of the thing. Like I said, I wanted a baby by 35 and I don't have a baby by 30, you know? And like, it's one loving that part of yourself that either that was, it is your thing, or even maybe doing a little deep dive in yourself that maybe that wasn't yours to begin with, mm-hmm. right? That was something you adopted from society, from a parent, from friends, yeah. right? So loving that shadow side of yourself, but also loving yourself enough to let that go and have grace in it. And I'm loving that word grace lately, having grace in it to then allowing the, the universe actually bring it into you right? In the divine time. Sometimes we want something when we want it, right? And our ego gets in, our shadow jumps up and everyone's like, I want it right now. And the universe is like, well, you, even if I gave it to you right now, you can't handle it. Yeah. And then you observe and time passes and eventually you get it. Right. And you're like, oh man, thank God that didn't come back when I wanted it originally and threw a tantrum over it because I so was not ready for that. I couldn't have handled it. I wouldn't have nurtured it properly. I wouldn't have, you know. That's the discrepancy between like 
what your mind thinks, mm-hmm. you know, what you think you should have and how you should be versus what's really happening. Mm-hmm. And divine time of just knowing mm-hmm. that you will get everything you desire and to just love yourself enough to relax into life and just knowing it's in your favor. Yeah. Life is always in our favor. We're, it's our egos and it's our shadows that are the ones that are only putting the parameters on and blocking it to not be in our favor because it's coming up with shit. Yeah, totally. Right. Totally. Stories about what it should be like. Mm -hmm. Expectations, different things, you know, Mm -hmm. did you get everything you wanted to say out about human design? Did you have more you wanted to? I took notes. Right. Um, I I love that about you. I have a lot of thoughts and sometimes they don't uh, all come out. I think the part about human design is complete, but there were other things I wanted to talk about. Okay. You're, like jumping in. Yeah. Um, uh, da, 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 where are you? Um, oh, I wanted to tell you it's kind of a random story, but do it. We've already talked about this, but I, I was trying to look it up. I, I Googled this at some point, trying to remember what this story was and the weirdest shit came up. So I'm never going to do that again. But it's about um, this woman who sends her lover. I think I told you the story. Her, her and her lover are separate, separated and she sends her lover um, like a, a jar of, of her vomit. Did I tell you about this? This sounds familiar. So it's, it's disgusting, oh, obviously, but... <laughs> But the point is that she is sending her lover the dirt, the dirty, dark parts of herself because it's like they have this unconditional love relationship. And I think that's what we want for ourselves. And so we, we're looking for other people to give us to unconditional give love because we're not giving it to ourselves. And I, I think that's such a great example. And I think I do this intentionally in my relationship, my relationships. I've noticed this where I talk about pooping or I'll talk about things that I don't actually enjoy talking about, but it's sort of this thing that I'm like poking them Testing like, them. how much do you actually unconditionally love me for yeah. my dirty side, for my annoying side, for mm-hmm. this part of me. And it's like when other people who are in relationship with me don't like, can't handle those parts of myself. I feel like most of the time in my life, wherever I go, you're really only getting the tip of the iceberg here. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot more happening and it's probably true for everyone. This is just, I can only speak from my experience. I yeah. feel like I'm just giving little bits here and there to see how much you can tolerate it. And the people I have really good, strong relationships with, and I honestly don't know if I have this in my life yet or if I have ever had this in my life yet, maybe with my parents, where I can show them parts of me that I'm really really sure they're not going to like, and they'll still keep me around, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like the, the hard part. So if we're talking about self-love, the hard part is when we don't let those parts of ourselves be there. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is truly, we can just button, button it in that way. So let me ask you a question. Yeah. So those things that you do that you're so sure that they're not going to love you. Mm -hmm. Is any of this projected onto them that might actually hurt them emotionally, mentally, physically? Or are these just you flashing these parts of yourself where like it's more of like they can observe it and decide if they're going to love you for these things or not? I'm not sure I understand the question. So, okay. Because 
there's two things to this. One, when somebody is overly pushing the boundaries Mm -hmm. to push someone to, let's say, leave them or not like them, but they're doing Mm -hmm. things where then in the receiving person is actually getting really hurt Mm. and really traumatized by this game. I get it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Where they need to remove themselves for their own mental health, emotional health, physical health. Right. Mm -hmm. So the person doing these things and pushing it, they're trying to be like, how much do you love me? How much do you love me? Yeah. How much do you love but me? You're but giving they've, bad they've crossed, they've crossed yeah, the boundary. That's of interesting. Actually. You're actually really actually hurting this person where for their own safety of their own mind, body, spirit, soul, yeah. they actually can't be around you anymore. It's not that they don't love you. It's that you're hurting them way too bad. Yeah, I get it. I've actually had a recent moment with that in my life with my boyfriend where I did feel like I I was like, I had so much self-hatred inside me that I, and I was spatting it at him, you know? And, it, and I know I was watching it happen and I was watching that it wasn't fair, but I was also watching this, that like, I was like, can he handle that? You know? And I think, I think it's like, you're, you're right. It's, it's hard to describe. But I don't were think... you spatting like at him? Were you saying mean things to him about him? That's a good question. No. Or no. were you just vomiting that energy? Because just those are two very distinctive things. Yeah. 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 You're right. I don't think I was hurting him, but I, I think that I was aware of the damage that I could be doing to our, his perspective of me, you know, mm-hmm. like him thinking that I'm this like happy go lucky, always but yeah. not everyone's perfect. Okay. And we all have rageful moments. Okay. But I think where the, the fine line in is that is this is if you have, if you need to do that to someone, right. Where you would have crossed the line in that moment mm-hmm. and where the love for you, not that he wouldn't continue to love you through life, but where he might actually have to leave you and not be in this with you is if you took it to the next level and said mean things to him about him. I think I understand what you're saying. So this is actually a teaching for people is that if you're going to play this game, right. Of needing to do these things to see how far you can push people of how much are they going to still love you? I think I have to, they are going to leave you eventually. And they should, if you put that on the do things to, they should directly if you do that and them and you should leave them if they do that to you. Yes. I think the the problem, I'm glad we talked about this actually. I think that the reason I do that to the people in my life is because I'm not giving myself the unconditional love that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking for it in other people because imagine if I gave myself the unconditional love, I'd have no problem showing them those parts of myself when they come up and not drilling it in or not like prodding them to make sure, you know, because like, if I feel within myself that I'm going to love myself, no matter what comes up, that I'm going to support myself and I'm not going to sabotage myself, I'm not going to be hateful to myself when I, when those things come up that I don't like about myself, then I wouldn't need anybody else to do that for me. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't need to display that exactly. for someone else to decide if exactly. they're going to stay or leave. I would just show up. And then if they leave, I know that I still have my back mm-hmm. and I know that it's, I would rather they leave if they can't handle it. If it's, that's not right for them, I would rather they leave. And if I really cared about them, I would rather that for them. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't take away from me because I still am here with myself, holding myself. And I think we just, 
I don't know, like where we didn't learn that in school, you know, like well, all of humans, we just didn't school learn that. School doesn't teach us a lot of things but, for life. Well, you're, no, I, you know what I mean yeah. though? It's like, how did we as adults never be taught that, that we have to really accept ourselves before we can ever have a good relationship with anyone else? Well, it, right. And they say that, I mean, there is the phrase, you got to love yourself before you can love others. They don't teach you how to fucking do that. No. And that's, that's been my big qualm about a lot of shit even in the self-development path, even in the spiritual path, even in religion is like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for religion. We all know why well, you, everyone knows my stance <laughs> on that. I haven't really deep dived into I can religion. religion. Um, but okay. Mm-hmm. There's all these phrases. There's all these books written. There's all these things. And it's just a bunch of fucking fluff with some yeah. shit that tells you how you should be and hardly any of them, I'm not going to say none because it's untrue, gives you practical steps of what to do to how to get from A to B. Mm-hmm. You cannot just adopt a phrase and say it a thousand times like an affirmation and expect your whole life to magically. There are things that need to be done and things that need to be put in place for you to get to that place. Mm-hmm. You can't just say you need to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Fuck you, I don't. Moving on. Like Moving that's on. how that yeah, works, exactly. right? I like, don't. Well, fuck. Like I remember back in the day, they'd be like, "Your body is your temple. Treat it like a temple." Well, I don't fucking think it is, and now I hate that phrase and go fuck yourself for even saying that to me. Yeah. Well, and you see why it gets you so angry is because it seems futile. It seems very surface level, and you're like, "It's not true." Yeah. It's not true, even even though it is. But it's it, those in sayings, that moment because I don't know how to make. Well, exactly. Because the truth of it is, is I don't know how to make my body yeah. my temple. I right. don't feel that, and you're not telling me how. You're just spewing at me right. some fucking bullshit phrase that is true. Right. But now it's a bullshit phrase because you're just dumping me a dumb phrase, telling me I need to be something, yeah. and you're walking the fuck away. It's like because you say, don't even know. Yeah, exactly. It's like when people say, "Oh, smile," or like, "Why are you so upset?" or like they yeah. try and just like brush past shit and it's like there's, I a, there's hate a real the brush. life I can't stand the brushing past shit I wanted to say just like an example of real quick I would buttoning up what you were talking about is just so I was went down to the coffee shop a couple weeks ago and one of the people that I know from that also hangs around the coffee shop was there and I hadn't seen them in a few months they were out of the country and it was like, oh, cool. Yeah, you're back. Yippee, everyone's here. And it was like, we all hadn't seen each other in a while. And so we stopped, we sat down and, and started talking and catching up. And they were asking me questions first and it's fine, I'm answering them. And then we were waiting on someone else's coffee and it was taking forever. And all this commotion started happening. And I was in the middle of conversing with one of the people and I got distracted by like this commotion over someone else's coffee not being there yet. And so they did the thing where they trail off and start like saying, like, you know, you know, some people, this is not what they did, but some people be like, oh, then the aliens came and got, you know, cause they like play on the fact that they know you're not listening. So they start talking oh, okay. about something weird, but he just like, like, tr- like went on to some other tangent or whatever. And I came back, I was like, sorry, <laughs> you were saying, and he, and he just got fucking so butthurt and pissy pants at me. Right. And he's like, never mind. You don't even care. You don't even care. You weren't even listening. I'm like, I'm very sorry. Um, I was helping so and so try to get his coffee, and then you know, 
it wasn't coming. And because I was involved in that earlier, trying to make everyone sure everyone's coffee is coming. I just, I got distracted for a minute. Yeah. But if you really cared, you wouldn't have gotten distracted. No, I actually really care about what you're talking about. No, you don't. If you really cared about what I was talking about, you wouldn't have got distracted. Mm. No, I actually really want to hear the end of this. No. Okay. Then he proceeded to go next level with it though. Mm. Right. And he goes by saying mean things to me about me. Mm. And he goes, you know, you only care about talking about yourself and da, 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 and like just laid into me. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this today. Mm. And I was like, Maley, come on. And I got it from the table and I fucking laughed because this is where I'm really holding things right now is it's, if he would have left it where it was, I might've eventually still left because the, the, the energy of the table shifted and he was now disregarding me at the table. Okay, great. He's mad. I could have came back days later and said, you know what? really sorry. Next time we're all hanging out, I'll really make it a point. Like I'll really try harder. And maybe I take this to Mm. other areas of my life. I'll really try harder to be more present and, and really try not to get distracted, even though we're in a public place. Okay. Whatever. And other people are involved in sitting at this table too, whatever. If that's what you need, I will take ownership of that. And I will say, I'm sorry, but where I no longer have tolerance with people is when they turn it And this goes back to like, and now are actually harming me because that was harmful to me. That's harmful to myself as my person by now you're, you went next level. You took it to another level that it didn't need to go by digging on me and making me feel bad as for my actual human being Mm -hmm. saying stuff about like, you're the one that actually, when we sat down, started asking me a ton of questions. And now you're changing it and saying that I only like to talk about me. No, I'm just answering the question. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's where I'm saying this is a, this is actually so a very, frustrating. That frustrates uh, me to think about. yeah, that's where like, I'm just talking about, that's a small example that might come up with people where it's like, he might've been testing me in some way, who mm. knows, or needing some validation in some way, but where he went wrong, where he lost me now, to be honest, as a friend and I've ran into him every now and then. he's like, Hey, and I'm like, mm-hmm. mm. hi, guess what? You crossed a line with me that I, I know I had, I now have a boundary up with people that like, if you're going to attack me about me, we're done. If you're going to say mean shit about me to me, we're done. It's also like, like that makes me uncomfortable when I, when I'm in those situations. Cause I feel like it, um, just makes me more like hyper aware of myself and, and, like, am I giving them enough attention? Like, it makes me want to contort myself even more mm-hmm. to try and like, you know, where it's like, that's not really his business, whether or not you were listening anyway. It's like, even if you weren't listening, even if you were really interested in what you guys were talking about before, and then you were less interested in what he was talking about now, it's like, so what? Like, but I don't it's know. Like <laughs> any, any normal situation, when you look at it, when you're in a public place and there's other people sitting at the table with you, you're yeah. going to get, I can reflect on so many conversations yeah. where I'm interrupted yeah. all the time. And sometimes you can go back to the conversation and sometimes you don't. And it's a lost conversation. It's like, yeah, that was fun talking. You know what I mean? But like, it would be more of an asshole for me if that all happened. And I didn't come back to him and being like, can you finish what you were saying when you're in a public place or there's other people involved in whatever, there's going to be disruption. It's nature of the, yeah. of the whole thing. I'm sorry you were going through what you were going through. I knew that he was going through something at the time. Right. Right. But 
point being is when you're doing these projections of these, let's say, undesirable parts of yourself, that's fine. But the minute you take it to the next level to harm somebody else in your process, that is where it's not okay. Even on a small scale like that to me at this point, I could change my stance on this. No, I like, I like what you're saying. But I had to take care of myself in that moment. And I had to dismiss myself from that. And no, maybe even this saying. friendship, because I really am choosing to love myself enough that I'm not going to tolerate these bad behaviors where in my past, I just rolled over and let them do whatever the fuck they wanted to me and didn't even make them apologize or just say, or didn't even stand up for myself. So then I'm like, do you know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. So in these parts of ourselves, this is such a gray fine line area. And it's really, I love that you brought this up about this. And I'm just looking at you and you like what happened between you and your boyfriend the other day, right? I'm just using this as a visual example in my mm -hmm. mind, as I'm talking about this is like, you know, you're testing him to see if he is going to like these parts of yourself and he, if he might leave you over this mm -hmm. and that's great. And he's not going to, because he's an awesome, solid human being, mm -hmm. but he will, because he's going to love himself more. If you took it next level and attacked his character as his person, because I, I, and he might for a while roll over and, and brush it off and brush it off and give you a few chances. Saying. But if you keep pushing that boundary and that toxic part of yourself, now you've gone too far within yourself. Right. I understand what you're saying. So that's a part of our, I think, in this self-love journey, there's also parameters to it, right? Mm -hmm. Where that beginning part of it with you, that coming up is an opportunity for you to look at whatever was happening to love that part of yourself, right? And to um, nurture that part of yourself mm -hmm. and to accept that part of yourself. But had you gone that extra step, well, now that's, that would be showing one, if he did leave you for that is you still have to love that part of yourself, but you have to also know to like, mm, I think I know what you're saying. It's like not that. harm other people in your process to right. that extent. Right. No, I don't think I did honestly. Like, no, and I'm not saying you did. I'm saying if you had, I'm helping you process through looking at where there actually is, is a cutoff point. Yeah, I think you're of right. what you're doing to other people. Yes, there's a healthy point of, of that. Yeah. And if you cross over that, they actually have the right to walk away from you. And then you need to do a deep diving. Right. That right. Why you actually even chose to go further into. And if we go that. back to the story that started this whole this whole part of the conversation. It was the lover giving her vomit to mm -hmm. her, her lover. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I think of like that image, it's, it's not that she's hurting him. It's more that she's showing him her, like her weaknesses yes. and her ugliness, mm -hmm. you know? And so you're right. It's like, there's, there's a part of that where it's like, can I love this part of myself that's insecure about whether or not people are going to love me mm -hmm. because I'm so much mm -hmm. underneath. And also, am I doing this because I'm not giving myself the self-love? And so I'm, I'm hurting somebody else to try and get it from them. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, I think if we if we can get to a place of understanding why you do it mm -hmm. and give it to ourselves instead, mm -hmm. then we won't be looking to hurt other people anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's like that part of you that, that is hurting someone else will just naturally dissolve. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And it's like with that analogy and what I'm talking about too, it's like her, if she just handed that jar vomit to him, to where the next level would be, she smashes him over the head with the jar right. of vomit. Right, now right. she's like physically hurt him. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where there's like, okay. Or like well says, now- drink the vomit. If you love me, you'll drink it. Right. Like, no, that's because <laughs> like that, that vomit it. could actually harm his system yeah. physically. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or traumatize, you know, they're like, that's like the you point can of this. vomit. You can have the vomit, but mm-hmm. you don't need somebody else to. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I wanted to put like, there was, there's like a little bit, okay, let's go like a little bit deeper with this of like, that is, tr- that is, yes, but do, you know what I mean? But there, there can also be lines crossed mm-hmm. in, in this, in this and, and really be cognitive of if you're doing, if you're, it's one thing to show your ugliness. It, it'd be one thing for me to go in a rage in this room right now. Right. And you be a witness to it. And I'm showing you, this is my ugliest fucking side of myself is when I go rage cage. Okay. You can hold space for that. But if I go rage and pull you in it and start kicking your fucking ass, you have every right to leave mm-hmm. this friendship, this situation, this whatever, and or prosecute. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. I, I think there's like a, a, a line. There's still a line in it. Yes, I agree. And in your own self, if you cross that line, well, then the self-love to yourself mm. is now you're being seen, you need extra, extra, extra help to yourself to transmute this thing because it it is, it is, goes to like, you might need an external, some sort of like therapist, doctor, trained professional, because you did cross a a big Mm. boundary within yourself. I think you're actually bringing up a really good point, Sarah. I think that if we, if we compare this analogy of doing something harmful to somebody else and doing something harmful to yourself, um, that it's, like if we're on the self-love journey, do it when you, when you cross that boundary and start saying hateful things to yourself, instead of saying this situation is not what my mind expected or wanted, you know, when you can make that delineation, um, it's important to make that delineation is what I'm saying, because if you don't, then you hurt yourself and that's not (laughs) self-love. Like it defeats the whole point of wanting to love yourself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. But it's also incorporating the shadow. And then people like I was saying, people could argue, well, like, well, that being physically violent or being emotionally violent or being mentally violent is part of my shadow. It's like, right. Okay. Well, that's a really good point. No. Yes. Yes. And no, like, okay. But when you're per- extremely harming another human within this, like then there needs to be other and the same thing as harming play. yourself. If you're harming yourself, it's like you can you can take you can take that and accept the fact that it's it's a, a trauma. Mm-hmm. Or it's, a trauma. It's a trauma. It's something that you need to work through. But at the same time, if you really do love yourself, that's gonna eventually open up because you'll let yeah. it be. You won't just be like, it's this thing and I'm so sorry, it's this thing. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to when things do get out of control, is you not A finding the seed, B loving and in hearing that part of yourself mm-hmm. that wants to be loved, seen, heard. It's like yeah. a little child. It's That's, like a little toddler yeah. or a little, you know, six-year-old. They throw tantrums or they throw whatever because they're not being, they don't feel like they're being seen or heard or acknowledged. So your shadow just, it's not being seen, heard or acknowledged. So it gets louder. And then it crosses a line where you do actually need extra help because it's got it out of control mm-hmm. where it's no longer safe for you for yourself or safe for you around others. Yeah. And that reflection back to you of them, if they did your worst fear, or they did what you're trying to do and have them not love you. It's like, it's gone to a different category, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, you, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. 
and like your story, like you're putting your thing of just what came up between you and him the other day is like such a, you know, it's, it, it still was held in like a certain container. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm remembering. I, I did say that I was, I spat at him. I spat all this hatred, this self-hatred. What was interesting is that I was able to tell him after the fact, I was like, I, like, I apologized in the morning and told him that I had been feeling self-hatred. And I was like, I, I recognized this after the fact. I didn't know while it was happening that that was what I was feeling, but that was self-hatred and it had nothing to do with you. You know, mm-hmm. it was like, this is something that just came out of me. Yeah. And, um, and I realized that that's, but it's like, you took ownership and that's mm-hmm. a form of self-love. You know what I mean? Like it is though. You're right. You're right. That that is a form of self-love is taking ownership of. And I think that's part of like the, the question you said in the beginning about growth, like how can you grow and also, and also give yourself self-love. It's like when, when you acknowledge those parts of yourselves that you're like, that isn't kind to mm-hmm. me or to him, mm-hmm. that's where you grow, but it's also showing yourself self-love. Mm-hmm because you're, you're willing to acknowledge that part of you and, and accept that it's there because of a pain. It's there because there's something that doesn't feel right in you. And it's not there because you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. It's not there because you're just born a dick and you're going to be a dick forever. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's like, it, you, if you were to tell yourself that story though, then you go into the land of self-sabotage and self-hate right. and treat yourself like shit. And you never stop treating yourself like shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a big topic huge topic. <laughs> okay. So the last thing I want to say is that when I was in San Diego and I was helping my parents move, I was noticing as I was walking through this house that my parents built, that they built 40 years ago. And it's kind of old and rickety and not updated that as I was walking down the hallway, I noticed everywhere I stepped, I could tell where the creeks were going to be. And there was this very nostalgic part of me that loved this old rickety house for those very specific quirks. And I had a moment of thinking like, God, like, imagine if I were in this house and I was like, well, that could be better. And up, oh, there's a Creek in the floor there. And there's this and all these things oh. about why it wasn't perfect or right. And how much I appreciated this house for its very specific uniqueness and how there would never be another house that held all those memories and had that story and had all the very specific things. Like there will never be that house again, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so old and rickety that the next fires will probably just tear it down. But like, that's, it was a reflection of me and of how I can treat myself and understand that those little parts of me that are weird or whatever, it's like, just embrace it because you're the only one who has that experience. There's Mm -hmm. nobody else who's ever going to feel these things that you felt and have these stories that even these traumas that have led you to this place that you're at, it's really special. And I think that it can be really helpful, like on the self-love journeys is recognizing that There's nothing you have to do to make yourself special. There's nothing you have to do to make yourself worthy of love. Mm -hmm. You are already so fucking cool just in your uniqueness and letting those weird uniquenesses be and be Mm -hmm. authentic is the whole game. It's the whole game because otherwise then you're, you're not letting, you're not letting it be unique. Yeah. And the more you love those things about yourself, once again, everything is vibration and energy, you know? your vibration, your energy will change. And these things that you think those things are pushed, like that people aren't going to love you for, you're actually, because you're not loving that part, those things of yourself, you're actually pushing people away from you. And the more you love your uniqueness and your quirkiness and your this and that, the, your vibration, vibration changes. And then you will attract people that are going to love those parts of yourself too. Right. Like when I did Invisalign, I actually, this, tooth has always been crooked. Mm -hmm. 
And what happened was, is I waited so long to get my wisdom teeth out that my wisdom teeth were growing sideways and messed up. Mm -hmm. Like my teeth were, I was up here where I was really straight, but, and down here besides my one crooked guy, but then the wisdom teeth grew sideways. So they actually kind of jacked up my mouth more than it just innately was. And so I did Invisalign, but like right when it came to like doing the last tooth to make it perfectly straight, I actually quit. And I said, I'm done. I'm I want to I have agree. my one crooked tooth. It's I been totally my crooked agree. tooth my whole life. I don't want, to, I felt like I literally looked in the mirror, like really close to where we were just, that was the last step. Everything else was in proper place. It was the last step to do that one tooth. And I was like, but that tooth is me. Mm-hmm. Like I've had that tooth since mm-hmm. I've gotten my, that tooth became an adult tooth, right? Exactly it. Like, why do I want to change that weird yeah little quirky thing so nice. sideways it's like so no nice. I want my other teeth to go back how they were because my teeth were like that till this thing happened but this one let's keep it yeah. it's like unique to me and so I kept my one little crooked tooth and I don't care and I want it to be crooked yep but yeah, I, I don't know why like it's just a reminder to like myself and others of like we don't have to have so a lot of times when you see things that are overly perfect do you ever find that like you kind of glaze over it. Like you can't really register it in your head. Even if you mm-hmm. saw people have perfectly pearly white, perfect teeth, there's almost like a Actually, disconnect really to it. Point. Like you almost have this, like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I like things that are, I mean, look at my apartment, right? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful apartment, but there's so many weird shit. Like the, the windows don't close all the way, the, this, the, that, like, there's so many things that are like, yeah, it makes it special though, but it makes it so unique. And it has just some like really annoying things about it. But when I walk into those new buildings that are so like cookie cuttery, um, they're small, everything's like too perfect where I, I I just, there's no like character to it. Mm -hmm. It's too clean that's how I feel too right yeah then one of the last things I wanted to touch on before we wrap it up here is another big part of self-love and I we kind of like you know said said it here and there really is forgiveness Mm -hmm. it is a self-acceptance it is that acceptance but it's also forgiveness and it's because there's there's also vibration and energy in that and first and foremost it is forgiveness to yourself and finding forgiveness to yourself, the things you may or may not have done wrong to things you perceive that are wrong, or you have done wrong to how you've hurt others or hurt yourself. And, and it is cleaning up your life and forgiving others who you think have wronged you or whatever, and forgiving yourself for even having the thoughts of thinking that they wronged you. Right. Mm -hmm. And really cleaning, really cleaning up your vibration and your energy is really is, and it's, that's a process. You don't, sit down one day and say, I forgive these people in you and it's over. It's like, there's layers to it and you Mm -hmm. have to keep revisiting it and different things will bubble up. But at the end of the day, then you can start with other people and go through the process of forgiving them and end with yourself, or you can start with yourself. And what you'll find is when you really strengthen this forgiveness to self, the people that you need to forgive just kind of fall away and you don't Mm -hmm. really need to forgive them anymore. But the biggest form of self-love that you can do for yourself is forgiveness to yourself and forgiveness to others. It's a hard one. It's a hard one because we want to hold on to those things that people may have done wrong to us. It's actually so fascinating, Sarah, because I think, you know what, you know what it feels like when you feel forgiven or when you feel like you've forgiven yourself and it feels like grace. Mm -hmm. Same thing as, as 
I mentioned earlier. Um, what did I say about what feels what it feels like for grace? Oh, when you when you unconditionally love yourself, or when you feel that unconditional love, it feels like grace. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like you like that part of yourself. It feels like grace. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like you suddenly don't didn't ever do that bad thing. It just feels like grace, mm-hmm. which is like a total shattering and like a surrender. It feels mm-hmm. very much like you're no longer in control and you're letting go of something really big. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an expansiveness in that. Yeah. And like a release. Yeah. I would always have these dreams either underwater or on earth where I was, always told how to breathe underwater (laughs) and how you breathe underwater in these multiple dreams is that you have to get to your place. And I call it a suspension. So you have to suspend your mind into a place where you're no longer thinking of breathing and you allow the oxygen to infuse into your skin. Oh my God, that's into so the, cool. In the, into the pores. And in this space of suspension, and as you align your whole body and your being, you have to like, because you have, it's a suspension. So then as you go into the suspension space, then the lungs switch over and it's okay that they're not breathing because it the oxygen just comes in in a different form, mm-hmm. right? This also goes in my other reoccurring dream of how you can jump up and not, it's not a fully flying, but you can jump up and kind of fly because you can jump really, really, really high. Like you can jump like 20 feet in the air and you can like hover, right? So it's like you're flying, but you're not flying. It's like you run Mm. and you jump and you hover. And the way to stay hovering, like the way to do this is the same thing. You have to stay in that suspension part of the mind. The minute you think, about what's happening, you'll fall to the earth. So true. The the minute every dream. I mean, the same thing for me too. Whenever I have a flying dream. Yeah. I've never had this, the breathing underwater dream, Mm, but the flying dream is right. Yeah. That scares me. The flying one I like though. So I have those dreams a lot and it's true. It's like every time you think about recreating it to do it for somebody else, you can't fucking do it. Or when you think about too much about like, yeah, it's always like a moment where you're not thinking about it. And you're just in that suspension space, right? Yeah. So what has been coming to me because of the the, what I'm working on right now is actually an abundance course and that hopefully will be coming out soon. I don't know. It's becoming so much. I might actually, I was thinking about doing it in March, but we'll see how it goes because so much is coming to the plate now that it, the, the course is going to go really, 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 really deep into some very deep, deep, deep psychology and, uh, parts of ourselves. Um, the deconstruction to the reconstruction and because abundance isn't about money, but it's about money, but it isn't about money. So we have to go through the whole thing of it. So this is where this whole thing came to me. And this is where I'm going to wrap it up of bringing it with grace is all of this and where grace resides, I think is in that suspension. And the more Mm -hmm. we can find our lives in the suspension Mm. and you can find that suspension through forgiveness, right? You can find that suspension through grace Mm. where you're you because the minute you think something bad you're going to fall to the earth the minute you think something bad you're going to start wanting to breathe with your lungs right that's so interesting if you stay in the space of suspension you're still going to live life right you're still going to have your trials and errors you're still going to do whatever but if you can keep coming back to the space of suspension and that's your moment of grace and i think that that's why grace came up on my path too because i had such i used to have such a problem with the word grace i don't really get it and like i'd when I worked for a Christian mega church back in Minneapolis years ago, don't ask me how I got there. Um, they would talk about grace a lot. And just, I, I just, I didn't resonate with the word grace until recently. I'm really understanding grace because grace is starting mm-hmm. to show up on my path. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can't just live from grace. You have to understand grace and then fall into the suspension of grace. Right. And, and the more we find ourselves in this suspension, in this grace, 
the more life starts kind of opening up for us again, Mm -hmm. like when we were 20 years old, like when we were young and came to LA and everything was just handed to us. We were in a state of grace. We were in a state of suspension. We weren't bogged down by all these, what should have, would have, could have, what happened, you know, we had no, we came to a new city. This is just coming to me. We came to a new city. So we didn't have any, we had expectation, but we didn't have any like traumas or triggers or nothing. It was like an open slate, Mm -hmm. right? So we could stay in a form of suspension. So then everything that we ever wanted could easily be brought to us. It's that simple to bring it back into that, right? It, it, you just have to get yourself back to that moment where yeah. you let all this bullshit fall away again. And it is self-love. I think so too. And it is forgiveness and it is grace. It's coming back into alignment with all these things mm-hmm. and like really strengthening ourselves to not fall into certain thoughts, into negativities, into places where then that pulls you out of that moment and you fall back to the earth and then you're pissed and then you have more traumas and then you have, you know. Yeah, that's a great comparison. Yeah. I love the word grace. You know, what I had a word. similar relationship to the word grace too growing up in the church where it kind of annoyed me. Where yeah. it's like, I don't need saving, right? <laughs> I don't need grace. Like, I don't need your grace. I don't need your fucking grace. That's funny. And now I'm like, yeah. actually, I get it. I need to give myself grace. Yeah. Like, I really need to give myself grace. It's really hard to accept grace from other people. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be hard to accept from other people until you find it within yourself. Mm-hmm. It, you're, you, it's hard to accept that someone can really, truly love you when you don't truly love yourself. You're going to yeah. be like, well, they're fucking lying. They're false. They're going to yeah. like, whatever. They want well, something from me. Yeah. Like, this isn't. Well, of course you're going to think that, of course you're not going to trust other people when you don't trust yourself and you're going to attract more of that too, Mm -hmm. because our subconscious keeps attracting things to be true. So if we can clean up all of it, clean up our lives and all the things, then, Mm -hmm. you know, you're going to be, if you're sitting around talking shit about other people, you're going to be so afraid that people are talking shit about you. Well, the minute you start cleaning up your mouth and stop talking shit about other people, you know, I'm back to like, just to like circle it back to the beginning of what we were talking about is like of overhearing other people picking apart someone else. And then you adopting that thing so that people don't pick apart you or you don't pick apart yourself. The more we clean up our mouths, and this is such a big thing that I'm working through this month. And and it's huge because I know this is really kind of like the key to so much is a, you probably heard it before. Watch what you say, watch what you say, watch what you say on every moment, watch what you say. It's so important. Our words do cast spells. Mm-hmm. It's spelling. You're spelling. You're casting spells. Even like they say, your subconscious doesn't understand humor. So even if you're like <laughs> self-deprecating in a jokingly way, it's only going to know that it's true, right? If you're talking shit about other people. It reroutes it that it only knows that about you. So in order to help our other fellow humans not even come up with new things in their brains is cleaning up our own mouths to the people when we're around people to not talk shit about other people Mm -hmm. that someone over here a little child or whatever might or just a friend might hear oh this is a new thing I have to worry about that this is a thing that is so true we are responsible for how the next generations go yeah and like how we move forward and how we, we move forward in ourselves um yeah yeah, it's really clean mm-hmm. about cleaning it up. Mm-hmm. It's time to clean it up. Like it really is because mm-hmm. none of this is serving any of us anymore. And and many of us desire so many things and we can't obtain them coming from these lower standpoints and these negative standpoints, right? 
because mm-hmm. negativity brings in more negativity. It's not going to bring in what you want. And yeah, I feel like I've been through a crash course of it to <laughs> really understand, well, how, if I'm wanting certain things, what do I need to fundamentally change? You know? And it's like, back to like real quick about the body and self-love. If you're not taking care of your vessel, right? The quick way the quickest way to start the process of self-love is do forgiveness. You can write it. You can just sit and say it out loud. You can do ho'oponopono where you just simply say over and over, I love you or no, I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. Thank I thought, you. Yeah. I thought, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you say those four things. I'm sorry. I love you. Please forgive sorry. me. Thank you. Sorry. You can do ho'oponopono. You can e- even write out letters and just vomit all of it out of you right of everything you're so you can burn it you can tear it up you can just keep it in a journal whatever you want but getting it out of you and then to yourself and finding the forgiveness and then also just taking care of yourself Mm -hmm. like doing loving things it is back to loving things for yourself because all of those things they all compound on top of each other i also think that it can be really helpful to just bring awareness to every part of your day and every part of your thoughts and and just pay attention to when something comes up that you don't like about yourself or that you don't like about what you did or what you said or how you said it or how you looked or any part of it that that doesn't that you're like eh, eh, I wish that were different and and just acknowledging it I think is the very first step because once you've acknowledged it then you can then you can move on to understanding maybe why it was there or or how it's actually a really special part of you or how it's something that you are learning from or whatever. It's instead of like trying to shove these things down and get rid of them entirely, like giving, giving them space, like you say, like holding space for those things. And, and you can do that throughout your day in any moment, all mm-hmm. the time when you're triggered, when you're not triggered, it's like just paying attention to like the parts of you that you don't like or the parts of, you know. Mm-hmm. Carolyn Miss in her book, um, Anatomy of the Spirit, super good she talks about confession and not in the religious sense, not in the Catholic sense. Mm. Um, Mm. And that every night before you go to bed, Mm. light a candle and go to an altar space or wherever you want. You don't have to light a candle. She She says lighting a candle. And I really love this because I had said, that's another buzzword for me that I had such a problem with it growing up in Catholicism is, you know, this, this thing about confession and I would make shit up to the priest at confession because I didn't really have anything to make to confess about that I knew of so like I would literally make up (laughs) stuff that I did wrong that wasn't true so what's that you know funny so she says to take yourself throughout the day light the candle and now you're going to do your confessions and to go through your day and where did you judge people where did you judge yourself where Mm. might have you like popped off on someone overly honked your horn, cut somebody off, called someone a fucking asshole, spewed negative shit to your parents. And she says, that's where you come and you take your spirit back. And it's just simply confession is taking your spirit back and recognizing those parts of yourself. It's not to beat yourself up over it. You just recognize, Hey, today, every day we're human every day. We're not going to be perfect. I'm calling back my spirit. I'm confessing where I know that I was like out of integrity and I wasn't right to the people around me forgive yourself forgive Mm. them and and let it go and just let it go i love that and then i suggest to incorporate in that is then proceeding that write down some things that you're grateful for Mm -hmm. in your life 
And that's how you can simply start I love switching that. all of I love this that. around. Oh, I also want to say, I think um, along with that, I, you know how like when we, like we take the things in ourselves so seriously, but then if we look at somebody else and can see their quirkiness or their things that it's like, man, if I were in that person's shoes, I'd be so self-conscious about that. But, but from my shoes, I think it's fucking adorable mm-hmm. or like so cute or cool or whatever, or endearing. Or so I think like, if we, if we are doing this exercise, which is great, I think writing these things down and, and forgiving ourselves for them, just kind of like, can you separate yourself from it and look at it from the perspective of like, that's happening to somebody else and see how it's actually kind of cute and innocent and how it's like, there's really a lot going on here. And mm-hmm. like, it's kind of sweet and like, you're really doing your best and like, it's okay that you weren't perfect. You know, like yeah. just kind of take the pressure off of it. It's, it's fun. Like I like looking at myself like that sometimes where, when I'm being really hard on myself or like, well, you could have articulated that better or you had too much spit in your mouth when you said that, like literally these thoughts come to my mind and it's kind of cute to look at it. Like, well, maybe you were just really excited or um, like you were afraid you weren't gonna get your point across. And so you were just like, hey, yeah. You know, it's like, it's, like, it's cute. It's cute. Like we're all down here doing our best. We're all you know? down here doing <laughs> like, our best. Like, why do we got to turn it into like, oh, you could have been better. It's like, it's cute. Yeah. You're just a little human in a little human suit doing your fucking best. Doing your best. Like it's yeah, okay. You're a little spirit wanting to have a <laughs> human know? experience. Like we look at dogs. We're like, you're just a yeah. little perfect little Yeah, no, they can do whatever thing. they want. We think you're doing your best. Yeah. Millie's always oh, doing her best. She, well, she's always the best. She can't she's help so it. cute. <laughs> well, thank you for coming over today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and doing this again. Yes, anytime. And thank you all for watching and or listening. And we will talk with you again very soon. Bye. I was like, oh, it's actually a lot harder than you think. <laughs> it looks like a butt, not a heart. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be perfect, does it? It's okay. No, it doesn't. Oh, right. <laughs> Still cute. We love our butt heart. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day.